Welcome to I'm the Other Guy. This is the podcast where up-and-coming comedians talk about their one-to-one offstage experiences with the greats of comedy. Our theme song is by Superfun Yeah Yeah Rocket Ship. As of this recording in early May 2015, Superfun just concluded their massive USA tour, which consisted of one stop, Iowa City, Iowa. So if you missed it, then you probably don't live in Iowa City. And guys, you need to check out their Bandcamp. It's superfun.bandcamp.com. And check out their really awesome single, The Undertaker Joins the Avengers. It's $1, and it's awesome. They're not sponsoring us, just to let you know. Uh, My name is Christian Lawrence, and first off, I just want to say thank you so much. The amount of people listening and subscribing has definitely exceeded my expectations. Keep listening. Tell your friends. Rate and review the show on iTunes. Please love me. Please love me. Please love me. Uh, If you're into independent comedy shows, and if you don't know who Kevin O'Brien is, then I'm very glad you're listening today, because Kevin is a comic based out of Denver who's performed throughout the Midwest. He runs Arguments and Grievances in Denver, which puts two comics on the podium to argue point-counterpoint on inconsequential issues. Uh, That live show is part of the Arguments and Grievances podcast. He also runs an open mic at The Matchbox in Denver, and he co-hosts a second podcast called These Things Matter. And as you might imagine, he's also a really funny comic. He's a total workaholic. Early in his comedy career, Kevin got the opportunity to open up for none other than Mr. Show alumni and star of The Comedians of Comedy, Brian Posehn. Similar to our last episode, Kevin lives across the country, so we conducted this interview by phone. It does break up a little bit towards the beginning, and the audio quality isn't consistent, so I really have to apologize for that. But stick with it, because Kevin's story leads up to a really awesome, like, on-the-spot joke that he makes for uh, Brian Posehn. Uh, I also want to just point out that I really am addicted to the Hamhorn app right now. <laughs> Kevin is awesome and has dedicated a big part of his life to comedy. So with no further ado, this is my interview with Kevin O'Brien about Brian Posehn. Oh, I'm the other guy. Oh, oh, oh. There he is. What's, uh, what's been going on with you, Noodlehead? Uh, just, oh man, I've been DJing now. I do an emo pop punk night every Monday. What? You've been DJing? I didn't even know you've been doing that. Yeah, I just started doing that, like, uh, beginning of this month, actually. It's at the same where I host my open mic. Ah. On Sunday nights, I host the open mic, and I'm there till, like, 2, and then I come right back the next day, and then I play a bunch of emo music until in the morning. Very nice. Yeah. yeah. Very nice. It's funny, it's what people are, the people into it or like super into it right oh no it's every week right right Which i think is I, I think for that style of music it's a, it's for people to come out of the closet and be like yeah i used to listen to all this like you can't be too cool anymore <laughs> yeah right they're, they're, yeah right <laughs> that, well when you first asked me to do this like stories i have are about comedians that people don't know and then <laughs> the comedians that people do know are mostly just like Oh yeah, he's a nice guy. He shook my hand. We didn't really talk much, and then he left. It's like, it's, right, right, right. Because uh, of the headliners. <laughs> but the like, well, the first thing I thought of when when you asked me that is, I immediately thought of when I lived in St. Louis. Because uh, the for, like the first real like the first real experience I ever had with a headliner, 
uh, was when I was living in St. Louis, and I opened up for Brian Postane. This is like 2009, uh, I believe. And I remember it, that show. Were you there? I I remember when he. I, it was like I think I'd been doing stand up like barely a year. Like I had been, I hadn't been living in St. Louis a year yet, but I was like I was. It was like I was still really green, but I knew how to like do five to ten minutes kind of shit, you know. And uh, and I just like fell into it, super lucky. And it, but it was unpaid too. It was like a total like love of the game sort of thing. Where I was like, oh yeah, I'll go and MC for free. I don't care. Like whatever. I just want to like meet this dude who I've known about since I was in middle school. Right. And get like get the get like there. There's a certain sort of validation you get as a young comic from being able to open up from somebody that your parents would recognize when you said their name or something. Oh, dude, you better or believe like, it. You better believe exactly. it. Exactly. When, like, when people are, are like friends and family and everybody's like, oh, you're doing comedy. Oh, you, anybody that I would know? And it's like, no. Like, <laughs> like no, I do it at dive bars and with my shit at friends that I never hear about, you know. It's like, it's like, uh, yeah, it's like, oh, are you still doing your little skits? And then, yeah, uh, exactly. And then, and then you, you could t- say, "Oh, I open up for Louis C.K." They're like, "Well, holy, oh, you're the- so really doing it." Yeah, yeah, like, "Oh my God, I'm yo, I'm I'm glad I had you all of a sudden." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thanks for not aborting me, Mom. I got a credit. You know? <laughs> and so, and it, this and the show, it wasn't at the Funny Bone either. It was uh, at the J Buck Showroom. Because J Buck downtown had a basement space, so they were trying to turn it into like a comedy club to rival the Funny Bone, right? Which ended after like two or three months, anyways. Craig Gass, who is uh, who's like an impressionist uh, touring headliner comic, got booked to to do two nights at the J Buck showroom because Craig Gass is like one of these dudes where he'll go around town and just do radio like crazy. And so he sold out every night, and he can do like two hours on his own. So he mm. he did not only did he not uh, need an opener, he didn't bring an opener, like because he just was like, whatever, I'll just do all the time and take all the money. But uh, <laughs> I don't know if you remember this dude. He went by Craig Mayhem. Uh, okay. Do you remember no. Craig? So he was. No, I don't. So this, all right, this is uh, this is going to be way longer than I intended. So Craig, this dude Craig. Uh, used to run like these really bad showcases at the atomic cowboy and he would say he's not a comedian because you would never see him at open mics or he was never and he never really get after it but he would just say he was a host and then he would go up and do the longest amount of time of just his boring observation <laughs> but he was like a super he was like a super nice guy and so so craig Gass, he was the only dude in the area that Craig Gass knew, and so this dude Craig Mayhem, with not his real name, uh, got a spot opening for him. Gass was like, "Yeah, if you know another friend, I'd like to do five minutes." He uh, so he asked if I could do it, and uh, Mayhem was in cares like this guy. He was wearing a kilt, trying to like get the people going. He was essentially emceeing in a kilt, doing a fake Scottish accent. <laughs> And brings me up, and I do my seven minutes. And it's crazy. Like, I had never, I didn't ever performed in front of an audience that big and that juiced. The, like, the people there were so ready to see this dude that they heard be really funny on the radio that day. And uh, at night, Julie Buck of the Buck fam it was there. 
and she saw me and she liked and she was like hey i was like i thought you were really great up there do you like to come back next week and open up brian posting and i was like what like oh my god for mr Gio, brian posting is yeah that week so i'm so stoked i get like get somebody to cover my shift and then middle of the week julie buck calls me and was like hey i was speaking to our booker and promoter he had already to somebody to open up for Brian Post and, and I would just be in so chomping at the bit. I was like, well, do you have an MC? And they're like, well, no, but we can't pay you. And I was like, I don't care. And so it was me and this dude, <laughs> Dolan, uh, who was local stand-up at the time. who was really cool. And uh, we show up and like all that buzz and like the full room before was just gone. Mm. So it was like half full. The shows were okay. And uh, so after the show, we're... Like it's it's very, like such a typical thing where the staff is all like, "Hey man, yeah, you want to hang out? Oh yeah, Brian Bosain. Oh yeah, bring your buddy. Yeah, let's all hang out. My buddy lives right across the street in this in this loft. So we all go over there, and it's sort of awkward. <laughs> and so we go over to this guy's place, and I didn't re- I like I didn't really smoke pot at the time. Like I had had before, but. It was not, I wasn't, like, buying. I didn't even know where to buy it, you know what I mean? Right. And so, but I was like, Brian Posehn smokes weed. They're offering me weed. You smoke weed and Brian Posehn, you know, it's like. Right, that's that's the custom. That's what you do. Yeah, like, you don't pass up that opportunity. It's just what you're supposed to do. It's, like, it's almost like going to an amusement park and not riding the roller coaster. It's like, You'd be a lesser man for not doing it. So we're, like, we're some weed. And him and I are sitting there, and we're, I'm just sort of like, you know, just very casually trying to chat with him and stuff. And uh, these dudes, like, you know, like flat, flat brimmed wearing hats and stuff. <laughs> we're sitting around this dude's uh, apartment, and it's sort of like these guys are like talking at Brian Post saying, and like really, and he's just like, yeah, just give me the weed already, you guys. Like, I don't want to. <laughs> hang out with you and uh so we smoked a little pot and then this guy had a 3d tv in his apartment in like 2009 wow so his his dad might as well has like made the 3d tv it was like so it was such an anomaly Mm. and then he's like bragging about his stupid tv and going on about oh yeah man everything looks better in 3d and i said even my dinner with andre and nobody laughs except for Brian Posting. He was the only person that even got the reference. And then it like it made him and it's not like he wasn't like Jimmy Fallon laughing, like falling over the desk. It was just sort of like a oh, 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 like a hey, good one. And then after and then after that, that was like my opening, you know. It's like I had to show my worth. Yes. As like, because he didn't even watch my set probably. Right. And I was just like some young dumb comic. And also somebody like. He could tell from looking at me, I looked like every other young asshole in the Midwest that was trying to open up for him, you know, like, oh, yeah, I bet you watch a lot of Mr. Shows, okay, okay, man. Oh, I can tell by your t-shirt, you're real hip, all right, cool, whatever. (laughs) And uh, after, like, I got him to just chuckle a little bit, then he started, like, opening up, giving more than one word answers to questions I was asking, and then I just bought a bass and hounds, like, a month or two earlier. I told him about that, and then he had a bass around, so it's like, all right, now I have a common bond. And we were hit. so then the next forty-five minutes we were hanging out, and it was sort of like, all right, now I'm getting that experience that I hoped for. But then at the end of the night, you know, he was, was like, oh, yeah, it's nice working with you. Give me a limp handshake, 
And then, like, walked off on the next day. It's like, he hardly talked to me again before right. the show. Right. Which is, like, which is pretty typical, you know? It's like any any anybody that's, like, working on the road, like a real comic that has been doing it for a long time, has credits, has an audience, it's, it's really just kind of like... It's like sitting next to somebody on an airplane or something where it's like, oh, I don't really feel like having to get to know this stranger. Right, yeah. Stranger. And he's like, I'm going to do a show in, like, a basement of a, you know, of a restaurant yeah, that maybe... Yeah, a half-full basement. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, it really gets you encouraged, you know, as as a touring comedian. Yeah, you can't blame the guy. Yeah, well, and, and, at, and before the second night of shows, because he was really disappointed with the turnout from the first night, Right. He was like saying he was gonna like he's like, Yeah, I gotta talk to my manager about and I was like, Yeah, man, yeah, totally. Yeah, you got yeah, you gotta get it yeah, you know, you should probably you know, you gotta play better places. Yeah, get on your manager like I was like I don't know what the hell I was talking <laughs> yeah, right. about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm... like for him it was clearly like an underwhelming it was an underwhelming booking. <laughs> so if you're already sort of like, Oh Jesus, I can't even get a full room in Saint Louis and then Oh, now I have to entertain this guy who was looked up to me. You know, it's like it's. I think it's a lot to ask of a of a headliner. I mean, to be friendly, sure, that doesn't take a lot. But to you know, try try and like become friends with somebody that's fifteen, twenty years younger than you. Right. That has been doing stand up for one year, and you've been doing it for twenty. Right. Like it's just kind of harder to to really. <laughs> Or it may, I guess not harder. It just doesn't maybe seem worth the time for people like that, which right. I get now totally. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's like you're. How do I? How could? I, how do I connect with this guy when I'm? I really don't want to be here in the first place. I got to be honest, kid. Yeah. I appreciate the fact that you that you liked you know that character I did on Mister Show and all this stuff, but I really just want to go to the next stop. Yeah. <laughs> But but then when every but then every once in a while I'll kind of like I'll meet a headliner that is I'm I'm almost taken aback when they're really nice and we're getting along right away and they're like asking me questions about me and shit and I'm like whoa like because I I know I I know what the expectation is going into it now that I didn't at the time right with Brian Post saying but then when somebody like Andy Tindler is like one of the like nicest dudes in comedy and it's, it's just doesn't doesn't have his guard up in that way it's like it feels like a breath of fresh air you know right absolutely absolutely Where, but then the but, or even further down that road you know somebody like dave Chappelle has got his handlers that make sure like that are like vetting people before they can even shake his hand you know that's like that's that's way further down Absolutely. Down the line, and just like a guy being like, "Oh yeah, what's up? Right, I'm gonna go be over here on my phone now." <laughs> you are not on the list. I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. That that's the way it is. That's the way it's like when uh, when Chappelle's at a club. You know, there's a guy standing at the green room door, and only and only like I've I've been on I've been on shows where I was the MC, and my inter and Dave, and I, Dave Chappelle's on my interaction with him was less than 60 seconds total, maybe, the whole night. Right, you know, right. Was, and also, he was, like, looking to get hand jobs and stuff. He doesn't want to hang out some white <laughs> so, 
you're like some dude who wants to talk about comedy theory. <laughs> he did. He was in St. Louis recently, and uh, uh, a comic here in St. Louis, uh, Bobby Jaycox, opened up for him. And, oh, uh, great. I love Bobby. <laughs> when Dave uh, came out, he was like, wow, all these Midwestern comics all look the same. A bunch of white guys in like, plaid button-up shirts. Like, yeah. Yeah. Hey, another one of those right here. Yeah, when he was at Comedy Works uh, a couple months ago, he was—I think he was in Nebraska the night before or something. And he said, "He was like, I was in Lincoln, Nebraska, and Platt is back, y'all." That, yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. I think another part of too is like uh, uh, white guys in the Midwest look like lesbians on the West Coast. <laughs> He's—I think that's—that's that's exactly that's the phrase he used at the show. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that hit well. That hit home for me too because I know what he was talking. It isn't. It isn't like the H and M plaid shirts. It's like the Aeropostale yes. plaid button ups, or like the short sleeve, like wrinkly yeah. dudes. I don't know where they're wearing like New Balance sneakers, and they're like twenty pounds overweight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's um. If I'm 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 glad I've got a hoodie on right now, so that you can't see what I'm wearing underneath the hoodie because that. That certainly doesn't sound <laughs> yeah, exactly like me. Yeah, that certainly doesn't sound exactly like what I'm wearing. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you, I know of two podcasts that you are a part of. There's, uh, there's uh, these things matter, which is, yeah. which is one you co-host with uh, Taylor Gonda. It seems to be kind of about the importance of like pop culture with kind of like a yeah. Denver kind of spin on it. Yeah, well, it's, uh, yeah, it's a pop culture podcast, but it's about people's personal experiences. Uh, because we have a topic every week, and we let the guests pick the topic. So it's like people coming out and talking about their favorite bands, mm. directors, BB guns, matchbooks, you know, <laughs> just whatever whatever pop culture item has had a significant uh, impact on the guest life is what, is what we'll talk about. And then Taylor and I are both huge pop culture geeks, so we can... Just talk for hours about anything, right? Essentially, right. And uh, you know, we've been doing that for almost three years now. Jamie and uh, and we it's mainly, I mean, over half of our guests are from around the Denver area. But we've had um, national people on. We've had Tom Sharpling on the show, uh, Greg Barrett, Andy Kindler, um, and then like a lot of lesser known uh, comics from LA and New York. I'm buddies with too. Gotcha. Um, so. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean that's been going on for a hundred and thirty-nine episodes now, oh, and uh, and every and every show is uh, nice and unique in its own way too. So, hundred and thirty episodes. You said that many years. Are you? That's like. Uh, I think you've achieved like legendary status if you've been going that long. <laughs> that's a good job. It's st- still just a podcast. It's yeah. free. Well, that's good. And then the other thing is that you host Arguments and Grievances out in the, yeah. the Denver branch of Arguments and Grievances out there, and mm-hmm. that's recently been added to the very awesome Arguments and Grievances podcast. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, uh, well I was talking about earlier, Kevin White and uh, Zach Peterson and Goodrich Gebert and Kevin Brody uh, started doing the debate show in Chicago about two years ago now, mm-hmm. and then they started podcasting it, and then I was doing a show here for about, we've been doing it over four years now here, and uh, and I once I finally was able to get a tech guy and some stuff together, I was able to start submitting those, and so now we're able to do, I think, 
going to be at least one, if not two, a month from Denver that will also be on the Chicago podcast. And then that podcast already getting sponsored by a Denver podcast network, so it just made too much sense for, for us to not have all the Denver debates on as well. That makes sense. That mm-hmm. makes sense. That makes sense. I've been doing stand-ups. Uh, I have people follow me on Instagram, at Corndog O'Brien. Corndog O'Brien? Yeah, nobody follows me. (laughs) God, we got to get more of that. We need more pictures. We need more pictures of your Basset Hound. What's his name? Uh, His name's Oscar. Yeah, there's plenty of pictures of my Basset. That's the thing. I don't really take selfies. I'll take pictures of my dog, uh, write funny comments. I I really don't understand Instagram. It's like a 17-year-old girl that just takes pictures of herself will have... 10,000 followers, and then, like, I, then I'm just writing, like, stupid caption jokes and stuff, and I have, like, five. I'm I'm of the same mind as you are. I can, I'm not a selfie guy. I can't do, I can't do it. Um, well, it's, it's a sign of mental illness. I, People that take too many selfies, like, there's a, there's a level of narcissism there that I don't feel comfortable. I'm already a stand-up comic. i got to rationalize that narcissism. <laughs> I don't need to be, I don't need to be... Turning people off with like, or just people that take selfies but then write a caption about something in the news, you know, where people that take pictures of themselves crying and put it online. Right, that's not how I was raised. Right, you got some shame with that kind of thing. You know? <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I'm. I'm. You know, I, I'm needy enough that I can get on stage and you know bare my soul and the worst parts <laughs> about myself to a complete stranger, but. Why do you even want to see me on the... Oh, why? Why do you want to see a picture <laughs> of me? Why is that? Yeah, yeah, there's... Well, it's yeah, not there's, that... It's it not caps that out somewhere. They don't somewhere. take it so people see the picture of them. They take it so they can see the picture of themselves. Right, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing that makes me kind of uncomfortable, where it's like... Also, I don't think I'm that good-looking of a guy anyway, so I don't need to be like... I very rarely am looking at myself like... I look so good today. The world needs to see this. This Let is a, a this part. is a good hair day for Kevin. This yeah, is, I've got this is to a show no hair day for Kevin. Oh. Hey, you guys want to see my male male pattern baldness <laughs> over the course of four years? <laughs> look, I took five thousand photos of me, and you can watch how I gradually lose my hair on my Instagram. <laughs> Nobody wants to see that. Oh my God, that is the most beautiful, terrible thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I hope I did the show justice then. Oh, Kevin, you are magnificent. You're magnificent. No, you. No, you. No. Oh, come on. Well, uh, you know, I'll tell you what. Uh, if you know anybody who, uh, you know, got any buddies who've got some good stories about, you know, hey, this time I <clears throat> hung out with, you know, whoever, you know, you know, pass them on. I'd love to. I'd love to talk to them. Definitely. Awesome. Well, yeah, let me know if you guys can come out to Denver. I'd love to see you. Come out there and go hang out with you and Oscar. Yes, absolutely. All right, Noodlehead. I'm going to, this is taking the life out of me. I'm going to go to sleep. All right, cool. Rest (laughs) up. Thanks, buddy. I'll talk to you later, man. All right, take care. Bye-bye. Peace. That was my interview with Kevin O'Brien about Brian Posehn. These are the kind of stories that comics love to tell but can't really tell on stage. I'm always on the lookout for these kind of stories, so if you know someone or are someone with a story like that, email me at imtheotherguypodcast at gmail.com or send me a tweet at at bareknucklehaha. I'm the Other Guy is part of the Bare Knuckle Comedy Podcast Network, so check out some of our other podcasts. 
There's Instant Expert, hosted by Andrew Mahalovich, in which Andrew interviews comedians, improvisers, and other compulsive liars about jobs they don't have and topics that they know nothing about. Check out Justin Needs a Ride. Comedian Justin Luke doesn't have a car, so he might as well interview the other comics who cart him around to shows in their cars while they drive him there. And of course, there's Bare Knuckle Comedy Podcast, coming soon, which features audio from the comics and other performers recorded live at the longest-running independent comedy show in St. Louis. Speaking of that live show, come on out to the next one at Foam, Coffee, and Beer on May 9th. Bare Knuckle Comedy is hosting the Nice Boys Comedy Tour with stand-ups Joe McAdam and CJ Toledano from L.A. and Charlie Burry from Chicago. We'll also have a live recording of Andrew Mahalovich's Instant Expert podcast and some one-man sketch comedy from Bare Knuckle Comedy member Ford Fanter. $5 gets you in nice and legal, clean as a whistle. And on May 20th, check out Premiere Show at Melt on Cherokee Avenue, where Banalco Comedy will do a live reading of member Ryan Dalton's newest script, Two and a Half Dunks, based upon Ryan's fictionalized life of actor Michael Clark Duncan. That's free, and that's just a good time, man. I'm Christian Lawrence. This is Ben. I'm the other guy. Send a karmic wave. Bare Knuckle Comedy.